welcome to Behind the Camera, a show dedicated to the producers, directors, technicians, and all the people that bring the images of sport to your television every night. I am your host, Uncle Jesse. On today's show, I welcome in Michael Odino. He's a director for Fox Sports Detroit, and he does a little of everything. So welcome in, Michael. Hey, great to, great to be here. Um, you know, in these days of quarantine, I think it's great to talk to anybody, but uh, great to see you. Yeah, it's nice to be nice to be seen. It's uh this this part of the idea was so everyone can be seen because right now we're all kind of stuck in our homes wishing sports was going. So the idea is, hey, let's uh, let's talk to each other and let's tell some stories while we wait for sports to come back. Love it. Love the idea. You know, the the one thing about this quarantine, I was telling somebody, uh, it wouldn't be so bad if we just had sports to watch. I know, you know right? I, I could, you know, jeez. Well, hey, and if we had sports to watch, we'd all be working. So, yeah. I, exactly, I, yeah. Yeah, my right. last show, I was telling, I, I'm, I'm a little tired of reruns and Twitter accounts that are pretending like it's real TV. So, it's uh, I'm ready for real yeah. real sports to come back. So, it's just starting. Hey man, I'm we'll with see. you. So, yeah. tell me a little about how you got into the business. How did you get into sports television? Well, it, it's interesting. Um, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. It's a suburb of L.A. And... All of my friends, well, not all, but several of my friends, their dads were, um, everyone was in the industry, and uh, I always assumed I'd get into film and television. I always figured I'd work on a, a studio somewhere, maybe being a camera guy on a sitcom. And uh, I went to San Diego State, studied television. I actually got into news first. I did news for about 10 years, and then moved up to Seattle, and I knew I was doing news. It's uh, It just... It just had run its course for me. So um, I started freelancing at that point. This is late 80s. And I remember going to work at the Kingdom and uh, I would direct and switch the shows. I remember doing a Randy Johnson no hitter. The game wasn't even televised. I think he knew he threw a no hitter against the Tigers. And uh, that, so that was thrilling. Then I got into running camera for NMT. I'm sure you probably remember NMT. Oh yeah, um, I remember NMT. Yeah, yeah. So I started running camera and then um, I got my foot in the door. It was uh, Prime Sports Northwest. So I think that was the early days of regionals. And I went to work for Prime Sports and uh, then uh, I did that for several years. Then I went to Sacramento and um, I had lived in Sacramento before and I went back grudgingly and I was like, gosh, there's nothing here for me. Then out of the blue, I'd worked at a TV station there and we had produced some Kings uh, programming. And uh, so I knew the director of broadcasting for the Kings. He called me up out of the blue and said, hey, I'm starting my own department. I need a producer director. Now I'm showing my age right there. I'm a dinosaur. I was hired as producer director. I know the days uh, of comboing, right? Yeah, that was in 1993, I think I went to work. So I, I was there for quite a while until 2005. And then um, that's when I started, uh, I left SAC and then started working for the regionals. I've worked for several different regionals. So uh, that's been my journey. But I've moved a lot and everyone, I'll see somebody at the truck and they'll go, so where are you at now? What, what team is this? And, you know, so I, I get a, a hard time a lot of time. Well, I mean, hey, but you, uh, you've you always been fun to work with. I remember working with you back in the Memphis Grizzlies days when I was living in Nashville. I'd go down to Memphis and you were still doing Sacramento. And I do remember those combo days. It was it was the it was a wild show. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, the Kings were pretty good at that time, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, do you have any fun memories from Sacramento working with the Kings and that organization? 
Yeah, it was really interesting. <clears throat> it's different because of uh, working actually for the team. And I, I eventually, I was promoted to director of broadcasting. And that was a challenge in that, you know how the life in the NBA is. You might be on the road, you come home, you land at two in the morning, get to bed by three in the morning. Well, I might have a nine o'clock staff meeting, you know, and they expected me to be there. They didn't quite understand the, the life of a gypsy that, that we do, you know, when you're on the team charter. So that, that was always a challenge. But it, it was really interesting just to understand the team dynamics and what they're trying to accomplish. So I, I always appreciated that, you know, to see how they wanted to market themselves, what initiatives were important to them. And, but I do remember when I was being interviewed, uh, when I started with them, they were bad. And uh, the um, team president, I was interviewing him with, uh, and he goes, uh, so we might be down 30 points in the fourth quarter. Are you going to know what to do? I'm like, yeah, I've done a lot of bad teams. I know. I'll be prepared for that. I'll be ready for that. <laughs> you know, so that was, you know, that's back in the Spud Webb days and Mitch Richmond. But then they did get good. And, uh, you know, Vladi came along and Chris Weber and Mike Bibby, Doug Christie, Peja, those guys. And that, those were some fun days. The old Arco Arena, it'd be rocking. So, and the, you know, what was really fun about that is they gave me so much autonomy. They let me design the show, do, do the whole show essentially myself. I, I really enjoyed creating the look of it. I know you do a lot of design work. And so I really enjoyed that. You know, I, I would spend all summer, you know, designing new elements. And uh, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So after Sacramento, you find yourself in Detroit for the first time. Uh, what led you yeah. to Detroit from Sacramento? You know what? I think um, John Tui and Jeff Bile were heading up Detroit at the time. And they said, hey, do you want to come out? We'll give you 100 events. And part of it was baseball. And I, I love baseball. It was the challenge of doing baseball. So I jumped at that. I'd done a little bit uh, for them in a limited aspect in the past. But this was the first time I got really thrown in and um, – I love the challenge of baseball and all I had to do is direct and no more going to the office. You know how that is. So it was a whole new life. Uh, I had a lot more life balance and uh, um, I really enjoyed, it was a new challenge and I'm one of those, I, I love new challenges. There's no doubt. And as I've moved around to different markets, it's incredible to meet new people, the new crews and uh, it, you know, I've, uh, I've got some lifelong friends all over the country and it's those friendships that I really value. So how long did it take you to take off the producer hat and just direct? Was that a, a tough transition at first? It, it really wasn't um, because I figured I had my hands full. I have a respect for that person to my left in that I got to let them do their thing. I try to have tunnel vision. I had to come up with my own game plan with my crew and the camera guys and the TD and so forth as to what I wanted to do. So that's really, I was able to let go of that. Um, but I do remember one of my early days in Detroit, they asked me to produce a game and I said, sure, it was at the palace. And I remember the, there was a whistle and we were looking to get our first break in. I look up and I go, oh, whistle, let's go to break. I got in Fred McLeod's ear, I go, let's go to break. We went to break. And then someone goes, hey, that was goaltending. I was like, what? There's no media timeout? They go, no. I'm like, oh, we got to get out of this break. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm, and I'm thinking, they're never going to ask me to produce a game again. <laughs> That's so great. 
So from Detroit, you go to Milwaukee, and then from Milwaukee to San Diego. Uh, what are some of your fun memories in Milwaukee and San Diego? Milwaukee was awesome in that um, I was coming in off Mitch Riggin had moved to, on to Arizona, and it is a great crew there, as it is in Detroit. But I loved working with the people there, the announcers, Brian Anderson, Bill Schroeder. They're, they're still uh, friends to this day. Uh, I had the utmost respect. You know, I, I, I'm sure people are familiar with Brian and his work with Turner and CBS. And uh, he's a great broadcaster, but he's even a greater person. And um, as you know, you really develop these friendships with the talent and the core of the traveling group. And uh, to this day, you know, I'll go to Brian for um, advice because he, he's a wise He's got a lot of wisdom, so I, I respect his opinion. But it, it's really, that was the most important thing. It was the first time that I, re, I really jumped in, and it was really my own package. And I, I love doing that. And, uh, oh, I got to tell you this one story. I had filled in. Mitch had a wedding to go to, so before I went there, I was still doing Detroit games, but I wasn't doing all the games, so I was available. So, I met the team in Cincinnati and uh, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, go pretty well. Sunday comes John Walsh is the producer. Brian Mikulogic is on graphics. So it's, you know, if you're from Wisconsin, it's all about the Packers. So all, here the, the game is about to start all they care about. They're trying to get on their Sunday ticket. They want to watch the Packers. That's all they care about. John's on his computer. B mix on his computer. Up steps Ricky Weeks. Boom, home run. Upsteps J.J. Hardy. Boom, home run. Um, I think it was Corey Hart. Next guy, boom, home run. Three home runs in a row. I look at John. John is on his computer just trying to get direct TV. I look at Brian McLogic. He's watching the Packer game. I'm like, um, hey, they just hit three home runs. <laughs> <laughs> delete up the game yeah he's all i care about the backers three home well, runs. it was so funny oh i loved it. it was a great moment yeah i i think that's what i do love most is uh the truck people and the relationships i mean i've i've gotten to work with brian a little bit ba a little bit uh in spring training mm -hmm. and he was so gracious to me like i i wasn't anybody i was just barely starting direct and he pulls me down to the field and introduces all the players he knows yeah. all the players all yep. their backstory just the kindest person and such a genuine human being who you see on tv is yeah. who he is he's just a great guy but it's all those truck truck relationships that are so much fun with bmic and those guys and just you know building those over the years and it is sometimes you have those moments where you're watching something else and something happens and we all kind of snap out of it and but it's those fun times that for me i mean it's why i started this show is i love to tell those those kind of stories there's a lot of those days that are just long grinds and you get a little grumpy towards the end of the season especially if the team's not good but it's those fun days where we're a family and we are we all get that time together you spend more time, especially in the summer during baseball, you know, with the long homestands, you spend a lot of time with the crew, probably more time with the crew than you do with your own family, you know? Uh, so it, it's like any family, you have ups and downs and you fight with your brother, but at the end of the day, you can make nice with them. And uh, it just forges even a stronger relationship, I think. Uh, so uh, I look fondly back on all those um situations and you know one thing you mentioned too i've really been fortunate you know in my my first tenure with uh detroit i got to work with ernie harwell you know who's just a legend 
and then I got when I went to Milwaukee, I got to meet Bob Euchre, you know, and uh, be around him, and he would hold court. Then I got to San Diego, and it was in the booth was it was Dick Emberg, man, who's a legend. I grew up listening to Dick, and uh, and then Tony Gwynn joined the booth, you know. Uh, uh, I tried to find a photo. I have a photo. I went to San Diego State, and it was a photo of me and Tony. And I, I thought I put it to Facebook, but I couldn't find it. It said, two Aztecs, but only one Hall of Famer. And uh, um, I just valued that, you know, that I got, I got to work with Tony Gwynn and Dick Enberg and Jerry Coleman. I had a, I had a, uh, Jerry was doing the radio uh, for the Padres at the time. Uh, I remember this was back when um, steroids were a big issue and, you know, performance enhancing drugs and, I bumped into him in the elevator and I asked him, I said, um, Jerry, I, um, I know you weren't much of a home run hitter, but would you ever, ever consider taking steroids? He goes, I hit 16 career home runs. And if I'd taken steroids, I would have hit 19 home runs, <laughs> 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 you know? So I'm like, you know, just, you know, hearing stories like that, that's a beauty of baseball and, um, the storytelling and, uh, and I'm definitely a, a kind of a history buff. I love hearing the old stories and um, hearing about all the characters. But I've just I've really been fortunate to really work. Even now, as I come back to Detroit, um, the booth, I look in the booth, and it's Jack Morrison, Kirk Gibson. You know, Jack is in the Hall of Fame now. And um, I, I just feel so fortunate. You know, those these guys are icons, icons to me. I, I think a lot of people remember where they were when Gibby hit that home run in 1988, you know, for the Dodgers you know, against Dennis Eckersley and uh, just to be able to share in those moments, it's pretty special. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, there's days where I kind of do have to realize how lucky we are. I mean, I walk into the booth and I get to talk baseball with Bob Brenly every single day and, you know, you go to LA and I get to go talk baseball with Oral Hershiser. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And then, you know, and when Vin was calling games, getting to meet Vin Scully, like I, I, I think we forget how lucky we are. And so, yeah, it is good to take that moment to realize we're really lucky. We get to hang out with some pretty cool people and some legends. It's a lot of fun. It, it, we do have access to some true legends and it's always cool to meet them and uh, find out they're, they're just the kind of person that you, we're hoping they were, were going to be, you know, they're, they're genuine. They're just regular, normal people, which is always gratifying to find out. Yeah, no, it, and it is very nice to find that out. And, and they're, you, most of them are very gracious. It's, it's, you know, they just, to them, baseball is just a game and they just enjoy it or hockey or whatever support is. But they just want to share their craft. Terry Crisp was like that with me. We'd sit in a bar and he would draw up plays on a napkin and teach me hockey. Like I was just, and it's Terry Crisp. Like I, he didn't know me anything, but they just genuine great guy. You come to Arizona temporarily and I have to thank you. Speaking of great guys, I have to thank you for what you did for me early in my career by game one doing hockey. You were kind of my mentor and I, I remember a day where you were quite under the weather and you threw me up into the chair and you're like, yeah, you've got this. And I turn around at one point and you're gone. And it actually really meant a lot to me that you had the confidence in me to leave because, I mean, you didn't feel well and it was good, but that you were so gracious to me early. And I just wanted to thank you for what you did in Arizona because it really helped me kind of launch to what I'm doing today. I really enjoyed that experience from start to finish. I remember getting a call from Graham and he said, um, have you done hockey before? I go, yeah, a little bit. And uh, he goes, well, we have an opening and 
you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'm like, Oh, really? <laughs> I think he was desperate, but, um, the crew there just welcomed me with open arms and, um, um, a lot of, I, I contacted a lot of different hockey guys. Mike Fox helped me. You know, I kind of jumped into chance again. I love the challenge to do hockey. I'd never done a hockey package. So it was really cool. Mike Fox helped me, Matt Gangle. You know, they, they, they were very gracious with their time, went over camera assignments and some of the, um, their philosophies that really helped me. So, and I loved working with Graham. Obviously he's so good at what he, he does. And, um, I, I watched you and I thought you were a natural. You picked up right on it. Obviously the crew loved you. And uh, I think the crew really wanted to work hard for you, which was great. You know, I knew they, they were going to take care of you. You're, you're one of them, you know, and uh, I, I was really happy at how successful it was. I, I saw right away. I, 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 within two minutes, I'm like, ah, he's got this. I knew right away. You, you, uh, you took right to it. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, that's very kind of you. Yeah, they, we have a great crew in Arizona, great crew in San Diego. I mean, the nice part about the regional networks is there are so many great crews that just work day in and day out and don't get any of the glory. I mean, it's yeah. I'll take my regional crew any day of the week. I'll take Milwaukee. I'll take Detroit. I'll take any of those crews any day of the week. It's just great guys and great crews all over the country. So speaking of Detroit... After Arizona, you head back to Detroit, where you are now. What 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 prompted that change, and what are you doing now in Detroit? I love San Diego. Obviously, it's San Diego. You know, even when the Padres were bad, our rallying cry was, "Hey, hey, we got the beach, though. We always got the beach." <laughs> you know, but um, San Diego was hurting. You know, um, they don't have a basketball team. They don't have a hockey team. They lost the Chargers, and I kept that in mind. So when the opportunity came up. You know, it was again, a, hey, do you want to do baseball and basketball? And that really appealed to me. So the new opportunity came along. And uh, now to be back doing baseball, I, I just love, just love doing baseball. It's um, everyone's, I think they're kind of surprised when they, they ask me, hey, what's your favorite sport to direct? I always say baseball, because as you know, the challenge of it, the constantly changing situation from what runners are on? What's the count? Are, are they going to run on this? Uh, they're going to get someone up in the bullpen. It's the one sport you cut away from the ball. Think about that. You you would never cut away from the ball in football or basketball. In yeah. baseball, you're cutting away, and it's you know you know how it is. Bases loaded, someone hits a gapper, all bets are off. That's where you you hope you, your camera guys know their assignments. Um, and I think baseball is the one where the directors put their signature on it. Guys really cut baseball differently. If you watch football, basketball, it's a very linear back and forth. Um, baseball is very different. And I, I think that's why it appeals to me, the challenge of it and to, to do it and to do it well, you know? Well, yeah, for me, baseball is much more of a storytelling sport. I mean, for one, balls hit, there's like 6,000 outcomes or something like that. I mean, it's insane, the, yeah. the options. So you're really... You can plan for as much as you can plan for, but I just love the adrenaline rush of there's just, it's scenarios, there's so much drama, there's pitcher, there's batter, there's managers, I mean, umpires, you name it. Like, there's just so many sub stories that you can tell as a director. It is, it is my favorite sport, absolutely. I mean, I love it. I've been a fan since I was a little kid, but also as far as TV, absolutely, I love doing baseball the best. I mean, it is, it is so much fun and it is an adrenaline rush. And other than those seven hour games, which I've done a few of those, but 
for the most part, the three hours flies by because there's just so much going yeah. on that people at home don't think about. But when you're sitting in the truck, there's just so much going on and it's just great. It's crazy. Um, I, I do want to share one fun story. Um, I was in Minnesota. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. We're sitting there in the media room. Austin Drake, um, our graphics person, he looks at me, he goes, do you know, I've been with you for what, two years now, and I've never seen you get up to go to the bathroom. I go, I'm just lucky. I guess I'm like a camel, you know, it's no big deal. Well, you would not believe it. That day, of course, it's that I'm night. sitting in the truck in the middle of the game, it was like in the seventh inning. I was like, oh, Oh, uh, I look at Chris Wazalewski, the producer. I go, I'm sorry. Um, it was like, uh, as soon as we hit the break, I go, I got to go to the bathroom. So I go running and um, I come back. Play had resumed. There was a batter up. And uh, I go, okay, Chris, I got this. I pop on my headset. I go, take four. Crack. The guy hit a home run. Right. Uh, the first pitch that I got back, I looked at Chris. I go, Chris, man, you could have cut your first home run. Just think about that. I felt so bad for him, you know, just the timing of it. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you definitely have to pace yourself in that arena. I remember it was the same thing I was directing and we got to 13, 14, 15th inning. It might have even been against the it was against the Padres because Will Myers ended up winning the game against us. But at like the 15th inning, you're just like, all right, you look at the TD, you look at the producer, you're like, I got to go. I I mean, I've I've done as much as I can, but, you know, such as it is. And then Will Myers, of course, literally the next inning finishes the game. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the way it goes. All right, so let's finish off with your favorite moment. What is your favorite TV truck story that you've experienced along your career? You know, I, I've had so many. Um, and it's, um, I don't want to say I'm old, but I'm advanced in years. So I, I was able to do a couple of no-hitters with um, Dick Enberg. We, um, the Padres got no hit, not once, but twice by Tim Lincecum. And that was pretty special. Those were my first no hitters in all, all the thousands of games I've done. Um, one was in San Diego, one was in San Francisco, but they were magical, you know, and it was kind of cool where, um, Dick Enberg and Mark Grant, they knew to lay out as it got into the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. They, um, were very, concise with their words and their descriptions. And I knew that something Jeff Bile calls it, he, he calls it a director, director's moment. And I think we all knew it was a director's moment and I just had to paint the pictures. And it was just so much fun, you know, uh, to be part of that. And uh, it was just, it's one of those where I'm sure you've experienced it, where it's just magical, where everything's just happening you know, we never have had a perfect show, but there's some shows that you feel it and uh, where everything's everything's on the tracks. And I, I always say, hey, I don't mind taking chances. I don't mind taking us right to the edge of the cliff. As long as we don't go over, we can teeter but as long as we don't go over that cliff. You know, uh, um, but that was just those were two moments that I'll, I'll always cherish because getting to work with Dick and, and, those, and just having big moments like that really special. 
Yeah, I remember that. I think one of those he had pitched some ridiculous high pitch count. I was I remember oh, yeah. that moment because I'm a Giants fan, so I to, I remember both of those no hitters. It was those were great moments for me. So I imagine I've never done a no hitter, and I would love to in the truck. It's you know it, it is when you start feeling that sixth, seventh, eighth inning when it starts getting close. It is you get very yeah. nervous, and it's just it's fun moments. So. Well, I appreciate you coming really on the special. show today. Uh, stay safe in these quarantine times, and hopefully we'll get back to sports soon. Right back at you. You know, I know a lot of us, a lot of the freelancers and the people who do what we do, I know they're really struggling. There's some people really hurting, and my heart goes out to them. And I, I know it, I say hang in there, but I, I do mean it. We all just, we need to stay together. Sports will get back at some point. Now, we're not all sure what it's going to look like, what's going to be There'll be new normals. But I, one phrase I always say to my crew, the great ones adjust. And we, we're going to have to adjust. But, you know, I think most people, they're smart enough, they're nimble enough to pivot and to be able to change. And, uh, you know, uh, I think the country wants hope and they want sports back. And uh, I just hope everyone can hold out and be healthy and safe until then. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, you stay safe, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in a TV truck soon. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. To watch past episodes or for more information on today's show, visit BehindTheCamerapodcast.com, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>